I'm really pumped and excited for our week two of available series. Last Sunday, I started this journey. It's a collection of talks that we are trying to do. And, and, and I want our church to understand with the entire available series, I pray that God will touch you, God will talk to you and prompt you. And also as a disclaimer here, I just want to let you know, when God calls you, I'm not asking you all to leave your job and go give a resignation letter and tell your boss, hey, you know what? God has called me to ministry. If God calls you to full-time ministry, that's one thing. But each one of us must understand, no matter where you are in life journey, how occupied you are with work, with family, and everything that goes on, but still God needs each one of us to be available for God Almighty. You might say, you know what, you might say that, you know, I am busy with my work, I am busy with what's going on, I am busy with my life, how it's progressing, I am busy with my work, I'm busy with my family, I just had a baby, I can't do it, I don't know. But hey, God is asking us, are we really available to God Almighty? In through life's busyness, don't keep God secondary. God is priority in our life. And He wants to know, He wants to understand, are and have we kept Him available in our life? Is, are we available? In, in, in Aaron just switched off the lights, but that's fine. You know, God is just asking, are we available? Are we available to God Almighty? And today, I want to bring your attention towards week two, week two of our message. And I want to ask you this question, and I want to title, are you all excited for the title of today's message? I want to ask you guys, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? That's, that's, that's my title for today. Who is my neighbor? In, in the series of available, I would just want to ask you, who is my neighbor? I, I remember this story uh, many, many, many years ago when, when I was in Bangalore, India, and so many memories from, uh, you know, from my motherland, the country that I grew up, because almost all my life I grew up there. It's been seven years since I'm in Dallas, Texas. And when I was there in, my, uh, in, in Bangalore, I remember this story when once our, you know, one of our older uh, amachis in, in our neighborhood, you know, right behind our house, you know, she, she was um, having some issues with her, uh, with our daughter, uh, granddaughter, and, 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 and she had no uh, uh, help to take this daughter to the hospital. Uh, the actual issue is, you know, this daughter was bit by a snake and, you know, she she was worried that anything can happen just if you're bit by a poisonous snake. Within minutes, you need to rush that person to the nearest hospital. And there was nobody along. And, 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 and I remember, I remember that one of our members from our church who was leading worship at that moment, he left and he left immediately to take care of our neighbor, to take care of this, 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 this young child. He took our car, immediately ran to the, took her to the hospital. And because he could do it immediately in, in, in matter of seconds, you know, the, the, the girl is still alive and she's part of our church. What am I helping us understand is God is going to give us opportunities in our life, in our neighborhood. I am reminded of, you know, the other day I was watching a television show with my son Josiah and there's this song that came up and, um, and I don't want to sing that song, but this is Mr. Rogers in his famous television show. Uh, it says, it's a good day in the neighborhood. It's a good day in the neighborhood. And he would ask, he would ask the this question, would you be my neighbor? I'm asking our church today, would you be my neighbor? Would you, my, I, I, you know, b right behind my house, there's a house for sale. If you want to be my neighbor, you can. Please contact uh, 
the realtor is there. But I'm just asking a church this question. And everybody who's listening to me, that would you be my neighbor? If there's a random person who, who wants to and who asked you this question, what would you say? And of course, would you be my neighbor when I'm asking you all this question? It's not just literally the, the neighborhood neighbor or the house neighbor that I'm talking about, but how far we can go to help somebody. And in this entire series of available, I'm asking our church and everybody who's watching during this entire progression that we are doing here is that how far will you go to help somebody? How far will you go to be with them? How far will you go to sustain? How far will you go to be on their side? How far will you go to be a helping hand in their life? Are you with me, church? Listen to this. You know, in, the, in, in that entire television show, Mr. Rogers, from the last 30 years, he's been asking, would you be my neighbor? And in a, in, a, in a country like ours today, in a Western country like ours today, you know, but people are divided in terms of races and ethnicities. There's so much racial turmoil that we see in our nation uh, uh, in, and around the world. And especially in a church like ours, like we don't deal with it. We don't talk about it. We just put it under the carpet. Nobody addresses the issue at all. But can I tell you, as I'm bringing this message here, I want to acknowledge the very fact that even in a Malayali Pentecostal church or any Indian church for that sake, you know, we all have this mindset that I am better than the other person. My race is superior. I was doing house visitings and uh, one day, you know, I was with a, with, with a family and this uncle said, you know what, I'm a Malayali and do you know, as a Malayali, I come directly from Jerusalem. That my forefather, I believe, is from St. Thomas. And I'm like, oh wow, that is so cool. I've never heard about it. But I, also I had to help that uncle say he was so clear. He was so happy about saying. I could see his face was radiant when he was sharing that. And he said, you know what, Pastor Justin, uh, my family, I believe as a Malayali, I come from the lineage of the Jewish people. I, I come from the lineage of St. Thomas. And this is how he said, this is what he said. And I had, to, I had to help him understand. Uncle, do you also know there was a Jewish people who killed Jesus? His bright and red face, his face that was so big and proud, it shrunk down literally. It was the Jewish people who killed Jesus. You know, sometimes, you know, we as Malayalis, we, we, we as Indians, we, we, we think that, you know what, we, I, I've heard this conversation from people, oh, that Bihari, that Nepali, that Karamban, that Velamban, and we put them down. As if we are on some other level, we are on a pedestal. Can I tell you something? It is the same blood that was shed for each one of us in this building. It is the same blood that was shed for every single one in, in our entire world. No matter where they come from, they might come from the jungles of Africa. They might come from any part of the world. It could be a third world country, but it is the same precious blood of Jesus that is shed for them. For an Indian Malayali, it is not, you know, uh, you know two liters. And, and for somebody else, it is not just a few, few milligrams. For everybody, it is the same thing. It is the same blood that was shed for each one of us. My question today would be, would you be a good neighbor? Listen to this. Um, a good neighbor increases the value of your property. A good neighborhood. If you live in a good neighborhood, the value of the property is going to increase. It's going to be better. And a good neighbor increases the value of your property. Now, if you are a good neighbor, you can only have a good neighbor if you are a good neighbor. Listen to this. You can only have a good neighbor if you yourself are a good neighbor. Do you want the value of your property, your life, your, 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 your family to be better? You got to be a good neighbor. God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. 
And oftentimes we think about, you know what, all the good things that I have to do it for God. God does not need our good works. Our neighbor does. People around us need it. So today I'm asking you, look around you. Who are your neighbors? And if I, if I could just ask this question, do you actually know who your real neighbors are? Like the house that you live around? In a, in a society like ours, we are so, uh, 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 you know, constrained by, the, the limited by the work schedules and the busyness of our life that we have no time to, to look into our neighborhood. Last year, I remember this last year, uh, when I was preaching during the Christmas sesh, uh, uh, week, I preached about, you know, how about this year, you know, you invite somebody from your neighborhood and, 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 and give them a treat, give them a cookie or give them a Christmas cake or, you know, give them a meal, give them a dinner and there's this family, there's family that I remember as I'm preaching this message, they, this family of ours, they invited their neighborhood, a couple of them, and, 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 they, and they, they, they threw a lavish dinner and this family was so happy to do that because for years they've been living in that neighborhood and they have never been able to meet that person. In the past couple of months, you know, I, was, I, I met with my, my neighbor, my neighbor Judith, and she's an older uh, 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 granny. Uh, if she's watching, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, um, she's, she's in her early 70s. She's in her early 70s. The moment she knew that I was a preacher, I'm a pastor, she had a whole new level of respect for me. And now I had to behave myself when I'm around in that neighborhood. Y'all with me? And, 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 and I'm loving to getting to in to know our, the neighbors of my household, the neighbors that live around my place. I have another person who's my neighbor. He, he, he's an AC mechanic and he's a Kuwaiti, as a, uh, 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 you know, that is his hometown. And as a Muslim, you know, he's such a good friend of ours. For everything that I need, you know, be it a ladder or be it a, a tool, I run to him because I know he has it. He has it. And there was one time that I kept a lot of his tools in my house for months together. He never asked, it, asked back at all. A good Mr. Ali, such a beautiful, wonderful friend that I have in my neighborhood. And there are many others that I know in my neighborhood that I'm slowly getting in touch with because I want them to know, hey, you know what? There is a child of God living in this area. I want them to know that there is a person who you can trust, whom you can, you can, you can, you, you can lean upon that person. I'm just asking you all today, who is your neighbor? Do you know their name? Do, are you praying for them? It's a simple task that I'm asking you all to do. Write their names down. Pray for them. And in the entire series of available, I don't want you to quit your job to do God's ministry. I want you to continue doing what God has asked you to do in this season, but yet be available for the work God has asked you to do in our time and generation. Esther, was, she made herself available and that's why the entire Jewish nation, when the kingdom of Persia wanted to kill them and to destroy them, but it was because of the words of Esther that the entire nation was saved. Daniel made himself available. David made himself available. Do you make yourself available? I'm asking you, who is your neighbor? Listen to this. I want to bring your attention towards the scripture portion I want to take. And it's from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. You know, if you, if you are turning your Bibles with me, the electronic or the print or whatever Bible, and also this time, are you watching me from your bed? Now is the time. Get up from your bed. Move from that place. And go back to your couch, go to your couch, sit down with your family, listen to me. 
For the next 30 to 40 minutes, I want you to pay attention as we are going to minister from God's word. And I pray this word will encourage you, will benefit you, will, will, will help you overcome the struggles of your life. And I pray that at the end of this message, I pray a generation will awaken to make themselves available for the work of the kingdom. Luke chapter 10 verse 25 to 37. This is how it goes. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What a good question. And I believe and I pray that, the, you know, his, 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 his question is right, but his motives or his intentions are so wrong. A lot of times, you know, we have people around us who question us not just because they want to know an answer. They question us because they just want to trap us. Have you come across those people? Have you come across those friends who just ask you questions not because they want to learn? A good learner would always stay with you asking questions and being around you and just want to find out, God, all you know, I want to know. Would you please share? Would you please share your thoughts with me? Would you please share all you know in my life? And this guy here, Bible helps us understand that he is an expert in the law. He's an expert in the law. In other words, in today's term, he's a religious fellow. He's a religious guy. He comes to ask Jesus, not just because he wants to learn. He comes to ask Jesus because, simply because he just wants to trap Jesus. I, I just want to let you know, you know, people always wanted to trap Jesus. You know who are the most people? It was the religious people. Because kings and other rulers had nothing to do with Jesus. Because Jesus very carefully, you know, in, in the very forefront of his ministry, Jesus stated out, you know what? My kingdom is not of this world. I am not here to build my kingdom. My kingdom is not in this world. So I am not here to overthrow any kings. But the religious folks, they got irritated with the words of Jesus. And even today, after 2,000 years, it is the religious people who are attacking Jesus. Now, if you go through the, the, the history lane, you would see that, uh, you know, all the wars that happen, has happened in our world, is, has happened, majority of those wars have happened because of religion. I mean, some of you might think, oh, you know what, it is the Islam or the Hinduism, it is the Judaism, or it is the Buddhism that has been attacking people. Can I tell you, the Christians also attack people. In fact, in worldwide, there were more people who were, who were, who were killed because of the Christian crusaders. In the name of religion, people have been, been divided for centuries and even today in our churches, even today in our generation, it is the religious folks that are trying to divide what Christ has paid for. It's not the religion that has paid the price. It is a relationship with Christ that determines who I am in Christ Jesus. Today I'm asking our church, it's not the religion. Are you watching this message because it's Sunday morning service? Are you watching because you want, just wanted to check mark on your weekly schedule? My church, I want to encourage you, don't do it just because it fits in your schedule. But be available. There are families who would say, you know what, Sunday morning, two hours of Jesus. That's all. Monday to Saturday, I can do whatever I want. Hey, we have midweek services. We have midweek prayer meetings. Where are you? Are you available? When I am not busy, I am available. No, in your busy schedule, find time for God. 
find time for fellowship, find time for community. Now is the time that we understand I will make myself available for God Almighty. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing in this room right now when I declare by the power of the Almighty God, when you declare under every all circumstances, Lord, no matter what busy schedules that I have to go through, but I declare and decree that I will find myself in your presence, O oh Lord. In your presence. Everything else can wait. Take time to be in God's presence. Here's a word. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. His question, I love his question. I wish everybody asked this question in our generation today. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Is this a question that you're asking? Is this a question that our generation is asking? Uh, have we lost focus of eternity? Have the right intention to know from God. Lord, I want to learn from you. How do I obtain eternal life? What do you think about, I'm asking our church today. What do you think about eternal life? What do you think about this ongoing situation? Right now you have a trumpet call. And how many of us will be with our Savior? I was talking to another uncle and, and this is how he said, Pastor, I don't know if I'll go to heaven. So sad that I had to hear that from him. So sad. And let my words be echoed in your life even after this service is tuned off. And if you're trying to scroll this out, you know, I'm just going to tell you very straightforward here that our focus must be on eternity. Nothing else. Nothing else. Everything else will fade away. But let our focus be on eternity. This guy, an educator, in the law, the greatest lawyer, the, the defender of the faith, the defender of the religious groups. And that's what all these religious folks will do. They want to defend. They want to defend. Keep offending people and defending their faith. Not helping anybody to, to have relationship with God Almighty. Here this guy who comes to ask Jesus, teacher, he asks, what should I do? What must I do to have eternal life? Question is good. Intentions are wrong. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to test Jesus. Now, yeah, I, I, I would just say, nobody can win in an argument with Jesus. You, you, you try to trap him with words, he will use the same words because he is savage. Look, listen to this. What is written in the law? Jesus is asking this question is, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, we love ourselves, but do you love your neighbor as yourself? And that's just the, 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 the word being given out here. And he answered, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, you have answered correctly, Jesus said. The guy is up to date with his laws, the guy is up to date with all that he is doing to do, you know, to, to make sure that he's a good, 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 good law keeper, good religious person. Jesus said, you have said correctly, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Verse 29, listen to that. It said, but he wanted to justify himself. In other words, you know, there are so many religious people in our world today. They just want to portray themselves as righteous. That they are the most perfect people. All of us, we are just scums in front of them. They are the elite. 
they follow and practice religious ways like nobody else. And they want to declare to everybody that, hey, you know what? I am the best. I am the best. And they throw everybody under the bus because they just want to prove themselves to be righteous. They just want to prove themselves to be just. And listen to this. He is now trying to be a smart aleck here. He's like, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. Verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. He wanted to justify himself. How many people are listening to me today that you are just, your goal in life is to justify yourself. You just want to show everybody that how right you are and everybody else is wrong. How can you be right all the time? My friend, my uncle, my dear auntie, hey, you, we have made mistakes in our life and each one of us, we have our fair share of mistakes that we are continuing to make. Are you with me, church? Listen to this. We all make mistakes in our life. Don't try to justify everything that you have done. Don't try to justify your mistakes. Don't try to prove yourself right all the time. Don't try to keep doing that mistake all the time and putting people down because everybody is precious to God Almighty. It is His precious blood that has been purchased, that has purchased us. Verse 29, but He wanted to justify Himself. So He asked Jesus, He asked Jesus, um, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Now here's, the, here's the, 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 the line where he wants to trap Jesus. Who is my neighbor? This guy knows that, you know what, G Jesus is Jewish from descent. And, and, and J Jesus is addressing to the Jewish people. And there's a lot of Jewish people around him. And he is trying to put words in the mouth of Jesus so that he can accuse or the people can accuse Jesus saying that he is racist. Are you with me? He is just trying to put words in the mouth of Jesus, telling that who is my neighbor? You're talking about being a good neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Whom should I love the most? Who is my neighbor here? And as you listen to this, Jesus has, has a savage reply here. He says, in reply, Jesus said, and he comes out with a story. Jesus comes out with a story. And with the story, Jesus has a, a beautiful, you know, hidden gem here. He says, in reply, Jesus said, and that's where you see the beginning of the Good Samaritan story. I just give you a background of it. He gave the Good Samaritan story there. He said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Let us pause there for a while. Here's the story about the good Samaritan, right? And as you look into the story that Jesus is replying to this man who was trying to trap Jesus in Jesus's own words, asking him, who is my neighbor? Jesus is replying. He says, a man, a random man, a common man, a, a, a somebody man was, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And you have to understand the context of this entire conversation. There are a lot of people who used to come to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the, the religious hub. They had the temple. And people used to come for sacrifices, for prayers, for meeting with people and religious leaders, for making a lot of other, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 agreements. They used to come because it was the capital. They used to come, travel, and they, they were always in Jerusalem. At least, at least once in two or three months, they, they come together from different parts of the world. 
And you hear in the story, if we say a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Listen to this. A, a certain man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now this is the story of most of us in this conversation that we are all on a journey and we've been singled out. We don't want to be in any group and you just want to be a lonely person in your life and you're walking this, 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 uh, this, this path all by yourself. You're walking this path all by yourself because you're traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem is the place where you are safe. Jerusalem is the place where the presence of God is. Jerusalem is the place where the temple of God is. Jerusalem is the place where you find all your benefits, all your blessings, all your peace in your life. Jerusalem is the place that you must be in. It is the presence of the living God. But here's a man who all by himself thought, you know what, I'm just going down to Jericho. I'm going to go down to Jericho. From Jerusalem, he is going to Jericho. And understand this, that path, was a path that was uh, very dangerous. He knew it was a dangerous path. If, in, in, when I was going through a lot of historians who was uh, commenting on the scriptures here, they said that that path was very dangerous. It's like, it's, it's like you know, you, as you are go all by yourself, you're going to the hood, you know. Like it is that you have a lot of people. A lot of people who might attack you. And you know it, and, but still you just want to be there. And here in the entire conversation, Jesus is, you know, bringing out this conversation because he wants to let his viewers know, hey, you know what? In the entire conversation, there's certain men who's making a journey here. We all make mistakes in our life. You know what our community does? The moment they see a mistake in somebody's life, they just throw him. They just throw him out of the community. And if you are that person listening to me and you've been doing that for all your life, now is the time to understand to become a good neighbor. Now is the time to understand that God wants us to be a good neighbor, a good Samaritan. That's the entire background of the story. A certain man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. A certain man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he was attacked by robbers. In the life's journey, in life's journey, you will always be attacked. You will be attacked when you make some momentum in your life. You will be attacked when you make some movement in your life. ചുറ്റും ജീവിതത്തിന്റെ When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes. He's all naked. Beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. The clothes of salvation, the clothes of uh, a purity, the clothes of fellowship, he's all gone. 
And listen to this. When Jesus is, 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 is teaching these people the story or telling them the story, understand this. Back in those days, people identified people from other people. People identified different groups of people by the way they dress. So the Jewish people had a different type of clothing or different color. The Samaritans would have a different clothing. The, the, the Egyptians would have a different clothing. They identified people because based on their clothing. They identified people based on their language. They identified people based on their accent. They identified different groups of people based on how they are dressed up. How they portray themselves. And here is a man who is on a journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. But the robbers attacked him. One number one we see is they stripped him off his clothes. In other words... In other words, every discrimination that the world will try to bring is already out of his world, out of his body, out of his life. All, the every passing by, passerby is looking at this body now is as a human being. In a world today that is racially divided, we have forgotten to see people as mere human beings. You have the, the high caste and the low caste in India. You have the elite and the, the low class people in Western societies. We have, we have divided our nation. We have divided in terms of blacks and whites and Hispanics and yellow and, and brown and everybody else. We have divided our world, but look through their skin. They are a human being. Look through them. They're a child of the living God. It is the same blood that is used to purchase them. It is the same blood that is used to purchase a Malayali. It is the same blood used to purchase a Tamil brother. It is the same blood used to purchase a Bihari, a Nepali, a Bengali, a Punjabi. No matter whosoever you are listening to me. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. It is His blood that has been paid. His blood unites us all together. On the road to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, this man lost his garment. The garment that, that, that separated him and, and discriminated him, he lost it. And when he lost it, every passerby, everybody who's passing by, we're going to read that. Everybody who's passing by just sees him as a human being. Let's, let's, let's look into that aspect. Beat him, went away leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Number one, a, a priest happened to be going down the same road. A priest, a pastor. A leader of a community, a religious leader who has been following the religious ways and works of life. What if I preach a message and I don't get to practice that during my day in my, uh, in my, in my community? My, uh, Sunday morning, I have a powerful message given out here. And Monday to Saturday, I don't live what I preach. I am like this priest here. Now listen to this. Now this priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He saw the man naked, lying there, helpless and half dead, but he passed by. He walked on the other side, not even realizing that, hey, you know what? Beyond this man being a Samaritan, beyond this man being an, you know, a Jewish, beyond this man being a black or a white, it's a human being. I need to help him. The priest was so carried away by his priestly duties that he forgot to understand that a human being is in need today. What is the use of us preaching when we don't understand the need in our community? What is the use of us carrying this living word of God and calling ourselves Christians, calling ourselves the ambassadors of love when we don't live out the gospel? Preach the gospel at all times. Not needed, but words all the time. 
preach the gospel through your life preach the gospel through the ways and the works that we get to interact with our community and here in this entire conversation here Jesus is pointing out hey you know what there is this man who is going from Jerusalem mistake happened he shouldn't have but he is going from Jerusalem to Jericho on a road that was attacked and there was so many robbers on the road he could be at he knew it but still he took a chance he's going this road and that's when he realizes that he's attacked and he's lying. And that's when he realizes, there's a priest. Jesus introduces the next character in the story. There are a few characters here, beautiful characters. The priest walks down the same road. The priest walks down the same road and he sees this man. Oh, this was the same brother that I saw in the temple. You know what? He brought sacrifices and I offered sacrifices behalf of him. This was the same guy. He saw him. But he walked on the other side of the road. I don't want to do, I ain't doing anything with this guy. I don't have to do anything with this person. You know why? Because back in those days, the religious folks or the priests, or the priests do not uh, indulge or touch a dead body. They do not touch anybody who has, who has been wounded. Because they believe if they do so, they believe if they do so, they become unclean and unholy. And they have to prepare themselves to be holy for weeks together. That is the law of Moses. That is a law in the Old Testament. So a priest would do his priestly duties. But he will never treat a person who is sick. He will never treat a person who need God the most in his life. As I'm preaching this, let me also help us understand. My goal in life is not to make everybody Christian. My goal in life is to make people understand the love of Jesus Christ. To them becoming a Christian is something else than me showing them the love of Jesus Christ. Because I want them to see that I am a Christian, not that I want to make them a Christian. It's two different things. Now if they don't become one, if they don't become one, that's totally fine. It's between them and God Almighty. But my goal in life as a child of God should be that I should live out a Christian's value. That if I see somebody in need, I need to be the first one to respond. And here is a beautiful passage where Jesus helps us to understand. Now the priest, you might think the priest would go all out to, to help this person. You might think the priest will go to help this guy out. But no, the priest did not. The priest did not. He just walked on the other side of the road. He just walked on the other side of the road. How many times have you walked on the other side of the road when you knew there are people who are beating, beaten up, who are half dead, who are naked, who don't have a relationship with God? That they're naked in the immortal, in the, in, in, in the mortality of life. They're naked in the things that they've been doing. They've lost everything that they were having. They, they're naked, lying naked there. How many times have we helped them? That we have gone out to be on their side. A priest happened to going down the same road. When he saw, when he saw, he passed on the other side. He passed on the other side. I, I hope this message will convict each one of us. A good Samaritan and his behaviors will be shown in our life and our context. Verse 32, let's read verse 32. First person, we see a priest comes by. Second person, we see a, a Levite comes by. A Levite. Who is a Levite? Somebody who helps out in the church. 
Somebody, a Levite is a person who is assigned according to the law to be part of the, the, the work of the temple. They work in the temple. They take rotation. They take turns to come and their teams come together to different do different works in the house of the Lord. The priest does the priestly duties, but the Levites are the one who comes to do the, the, the daily chores inside a temple of God. Now you see, a Levite is passing by. Now of course, a, a priest cannot do because of his priestly duties. You might think, in Jesus, as Jesus bringing the next character up, you know, people might think who were around Jesus, you know what, at least the Levite is going to help. At least the Levite is going to behave like a good neighbor. At least the Levite is going to say, hey, you know what, I see somebody broken and wounded and naked, I'm going to help him out. But guess what happens? As you read verse 32, so too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. He did the same thing that the priest did. He passed on the other side and he went along. Probably he might have thought, you know what? You know what? My priest walked by this place. I, see, I didn't see my priest helping this guy. Why should I? My priest did not, so why should I? There's a lot of people who don't do what God has asked you to do because you think that why should I? Because he didn't do it, so why should I? He don't do it, so why should I? My friend didn't do it, so why should I? Oh, come on somebody. Are you with me? We always try to see what have others done and we want to copy them. We want to see that what, 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 how, how can we do it? Irrespective of people not being in your place, even if they are not, try to do it. Even if when you see, even when you see that there is nobody, there is nobody, there is nobody around you who is doing the same thing, get ready to do those things. Are you with me, church? The priest did not do it. Does not mean the Levite shouldn't do it. The Levite probably might have thought, you know what? The priest could have done it. My the priest did not do it. Why should I? My pastor did not do it. Why should I? My brother did not do it. Why should I? My worship leader did not do it. Why should I? Oh, I didn't see Pradeep in that meeting. Why should I? I didn't see Pramod in that meeting. Why should I? Huh? I, wh why should I? Why should I? I, I don't see them doing it. Why should I do it? My brother, each of us, each of us, we have a calling. We must make sure that we make ourselves available for the work that God has asked us to do. It doesn't matter he, she is there or not. Are you available to God Almighty? Individually, you should decide that I, no, even if my priest, my pastor doesn't show up, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Because it is between me and my God, that is where relationship is built. Religion would say, you know what, I have to all follow the protocol. I'm my pastor, I'm my leaders and everything. No, no, no. Even if nobody is there, it is between you and God Almighty. It is your relationship with God Almighty. Are you making yourself available? Hallelujah. The Levite, he could have done the better things that the priest could not do. He could have just gone and helped him. But the priest, the Levite thought, you know what, my priest did not do it. Why should I? My priest thought, you know, he was impure. Why should I? Why should I? My priest has better knowledge. He could have done it. Why should I do it if my priest did not do it? 
In other aspects, the Levite might also have thought, you know what, this is the same place where the robbers came and attacked and they might be hiding. Now, if I go and help this guy, my, these robbers would come. He was so self-conscious about himself that he did not care to help somebody in need. A friend in need is a friend indeed, is an old saying. Here on this lonely path, walking all by yourself, you see somebody who is in need. Rather than just helping him out, this guy chose to make a walk on the other side of the lane, following his priest. After Jesus introduced these two characters, they might have thought, you know what, the next character should be a Jewish person. Because everybody in the character that Jesus is so used so far is Jewish. A certain man was Jewish from Jerusalem to Jericho. Priest was Jewish. The Levite was Jewish. So they might have thought, you know what, and Jesus is going to introduce another uh, a Jewish neighbor. And, and that's where, that's where Jesus just hit them bullseye right there because he wanted to talk to them. Hey, you know what, it is not another Jewish person I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to talk to you about the Samaritan. And, and I believe their eyes were wide open, their jaws dropped right there. When the moment Jesus said, you know what, I want to talk to you about the Samaritan. In, in, in verse 33, if you look, you know, it says, but a Samaritan. The moment Jesus said, but, they might have thought, oh, Jesus is going to say, talk about a Jewish person. No, he said, but a Samaritan. I want to tell, let me give you a background here. Jewish people hated the Samaritans like crazy. They hated the Samaritans. They called the Samaritans dogs. They called the Samaritans half-breed. You know why? Because when, when, when you all know when, when Israel was divided and the northern kingdom was taken as captives by uh, the Persian uh, nation or the, the kingdom of Assyria, what happened is well, a lot of these people came back after the captivity, but some of these Jewish people made their settlements in Assyria. They made their settlements in this so-called city or a nation called Samaria. And they, 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 they intermarried, uh, uh, they, they, the Jewish people married the, the local Assyrians there. And they had their own generation and this generation was called the Samaritan generation. The Jewish people would call them half-breeds. The Jewish people would call them unholy. The Jewish people would call them all different kinds of names like dogs and pigs. Why? Because they were, they, 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 they were unholy for the Jewish people. In other words, the Samaritans were never allowed to enter Jerusalem or Israel or in the temple of God. They were always on the outskirts. A Jewish person will never, never, never walk through or go inside Samaria. They will always try to find a way around it. They will never have a path where the Samaritans and the Jews will cross each other. Because for them, if they encounter a Samaritan, the Jewish people becomes unholy. The Sam Samaritans were unholy. So in our world today, we try to make friendship between our own communities. A Malayali is a friend with only a Malayali. A Tamil is a friend with only a Tamil. A Telugu is a friend with only a Telugu. A North Indian, a Punjabi is a friend with only a Punjabi. But here in the story, Jesus is, is, is talking to each one of them who were racially, you know, they were all divided. When the Jewish people here, the Samaritans there, and they were trying to have this, uh, 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 you know, divide between them. Jesus is trying to build a bridge. Listen to this. We have enough divisions in our world today. How many of us are trying to build a bridge? The church of God is, is, is a bridge into the community. 
But today, the po- politics and today world and leaders around have divided our nation, our churches. But people are the ones who are looking at the churches to be the bridge to the community, into the communities. We have created divide inside the churches. Church should be a place where communities could come and thrive and, and have a belonging here. Nations could come, have a belonging here. Are you with me, church? In the entire story here, when you see Jesus introduces the Samaritan man. Samaritan, a man who, who the Jewish people treated low. They did not want to do anything with the Samaritans. When Jesus announced the Samaritan came to that place, their eyes, you know, were big. Their jaws might have dropped. They are like confused. What in the world? Why should a Samaritan come that route? Listen to this. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, I'm going to read the next couple of verses together. Verse 33, 34, and 35. This is how it goes. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, listen to this. Every person came to the place where the man was. They all saw him. The Samaritan came to the place where the man was. And they, and he saw him. He took pity on him. He took pity on him. He felt compassionate on the man. Verse 34. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. Pouring an oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. Brought him to an uh, uh, inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii. Each denarii denari is one day's uh, wage. One day's wage. So two denarii is probably two days of wage. And gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. What a beautiful story here by Jesus. He's talking to every Jewish people. And today, even today, after 2,000 years, he's talking to every single one of us listening to this word, listening to this story in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. He's explaining the truth here that a church must be in a place where we are not creating divide, but we bridge the divisions. So many divisions. We bridge the division. A Samaritan was walking by. A person who was hated by everybody. You know what? The priest could have held. The Levite could have held. The Samaritan, he should not. He could not. He would not. He doesn't have to do it. He just has, if, 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 the, if, if, if the priest and the Levite could pass by on the other side, the Samaritan could just run from that place. He didn't have to do anything in that scene at all. He just went, he saw. He saw when the moment he saw, he saw not as the Jewish person lying there. He saw him as a human being in need. He saw him as a person who needs grace. He saw him as a person who needs oil. He saw him as a person who needs some anointing in their life. He saw a person who needs some blessing in their life. He saw him as a person who needs some sort of deliverance in their life. He saw him as a person who needed help. Because as a half-dead man, he was crying out, I need help. I am broken. I am broken. I am, I am pierced. I have nobody to help. And he's crying out, I need somebody to help me. 
And that's when a Samaritan man walks by. That's when a Samaritan man walks by and he says, hey, you know what? In, 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 in life journey, you might have made worse choices. You might have made a lot of mistakes. But hey, you know what? I am not like the priest. I am not like the Levite. Yes, of course, you might have blood relations with them. You might have thrown stones at me all my life. But today I'm here to help you. Can I tell you something? Sometimes in life, your greatest help comes from people you thought will never help you. Is that happened to me a lot of times? Happened to me a lot of times. Sometimes your greatest help comes from people whom you have already written off. So my, 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 my thing is, don't write off anybody. You don't know where your next help is coming from. The people that you trust the most may not be there around you. The people you think that, hey, you know what, this person is going to be back me up. No, he's, he, may, he, may, he, may, he may just scoot over. He may not be there. The person you thought will never might be the one who is going to stand close to you. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? The person you thought never, don't write off anybody. God will use. ും Verse, verse 36, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Jesus is asking this question to the guy. Which of these three do you think was the good neighbor? And the expert in the law, verse 37, verse 37 says, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. The one who had mercy on him. Why? Because the one who had mercy on him saw him in his most desolate moment, went down, knelt down, and he, he hugged him. He, 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 he put bandages over him. And Bible helps us to understand here in the story that, that in verse 34, he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Pouring on oil and wine. Listen to this. You know, the Samaritan went right to him, cleaned bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them for medicinal purposes. That this was at his own expense because of oil and wine were not cheap in those days. I just had to, you know, bring that out to, so that we understand. The oil may have represented the work of the Holy Spirit and the wine may have symbolized the shedding of Jesus' blood. Are you with me? The oil represents the, the, the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. Every sinner needs the work of Holy Spirit in their life. You need the work of Holy Spirit. So when you see people who need Christ, who needs the saving grace of Jesus, help Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will help this person. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will clean him up. It is the work of God to clean him up. You can't do it. It is the work of God. The words in him. 
Don't force the work of God in somebody's life. Let the Spirit of God take its time in cleaning that person. You don't have to worry. All God has asked us to do is be available for that person. Be around that person. Throw yourself around that person. And Bible helps us to understand here in the verse, verse 35. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn and took care of him. He, he took the man on his donkey and, and, and brought him to the inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, his own wages. His own wages to somebody. He gave his money and resources to somebody that he doesn't know. He's probably meeting him for the very first time. Probably, you know, he's going through, why should I do it? But he didn't think about it. He just wanted to bless that person. Bless that person. Hey, can I tell you something here in this, in this portion? This, on this ongoing COVID situation, how many people have you helped? Have you reached out to somebody that needs Jesus? Have you reached out to somebody who needs daily grocery, their food? Have you reached out to somebody who needs their daily food or their gas money? Have you reached out to somebody? If not, this is the time for us to make a commitment. Partner. Partner and make sure that you become available in this ongoing crisis because God has placed you in this generation that you might become and you take your place. The next day he took two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper and said, look after him. This is, the, what, this is what I could give you. If there's anything more, make sure you treat him nice. Make sure you treat him better. If there is anything more, put in my account. I will come and settle it. I will reimburse you. I won't go unpaid here. I will come pay you for that. But make sure you treat him nice. Make sure you make him better. I don't know how many, how many of us will live out a Christian's life like the Samaritan man. A Samaritan was nowhere close to Jewish ways of doing godly things, religious things. They were pagan worshippers. They were idolaters. But this guy had a heart of gold. When he saw a Jewish man who has ill-treated, mistreated, called him dogs for years, he went out to help that person. Here's what I want to say. We are oftentimes, we are trying to attack people in our circum, circumstances, in our circles. We are always trying to attack people. Turn the tables around. Bless them. Bless your enemies. Don't curse them. Don't do what they did to you. Do good to them. That's how God wants us to do. Do good to those people who hurt you. Do good to those people who, who mistreated you. They called you names, that's totally fine. You bless them. They mistreated you, that's totally fine. You bless them. Jesus asked these questions to the expert of the law. And the expert of the law, the, the religious guy, he's all scared. He's like, oh wait, what am I going to answer Jesus in this? Jesus is asking, who of these three do you think? Had mercy. Who of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And, and the expert of the law said, you know what? The one who had mercy on him. Of course. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And what I like in this portion here is, Jesus is making this person available to do. Yes, you are the expert in the law. You know all of the religious codes and conducts. You've been doing and practicing the word. But here is what I want to tell you that. That go and do likewise. 
you've been doing a lot more things in your previous ninne idine idine mumbil ninnu parijayam ninnu parayan vendi experience parayan vendi aaradhinayada kanakkal parayan vendi oru vaadu kaanum magane pashe ini mole njan parayna kaari nee poguva poya mathram pola adu pole cheyanam go and do likewise you might give me a history of all the things that you have done you might do your religious codes and conducts but hey i am here to tell you something all of the religious ways are rubbish put them aside i am giving you an ordinance today i am letting you know that tomorrow if you see a samaritan you might be a jew you might be a christian when you see somebody who needs jesus clothe him if he is naked feed him if he is hungry be for him be a voice to the voiceless be a pillar to the to the weak be around them be have a supporting heart and mind and attitude don't pull people down help them grow in their life oh come on jesus hallelujah are you with me church i pray this word will help each one of us understand that we need to make ourselves available to be a good neighbor to be a good neighbor to be a good neighbor make yourself available to be a good neighbor tag your neighbors on the stream right now if you're watching me tag your neighbors let me see how many of you know your neighbors by their name tag your neighbors if you're friends with them on social media tag them right now be be there be there for them be available for them and not just you know when i'm talking about neighbor be available for your neighbor not just your neighbor in your neighborhood but it could be people that you have never met in your life who is your neighbor be a good neighbor to them you cannot be a good neighbor if you're not following the word of god if you're following the word of god you should be a good neighbor the samaritan went right up to him cleaned and bandaged his wounds pouring oil and wine on him oil and wine which is expensive he gave out his own resources and 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 went down to help this guy i pray that we will not keep anything for ourselves listen to this we have built too many walls and not many bridges maybe now is the time and season we understand that now is the time and moment in life's journey that we understand that we are here to mill, build bridges not walls we have too many walls walls of racial racial segregation walls of 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 caste system walls of language and linguistic backgrounds walls of different cities and ethnicities that we come from we have so many walls but hey god is wanting our church zion as a church i am calling each one of us god is calling us to be the bridge in our community God is calling us to be the bridge in our neighborhood. God is calling us to be the bridge in the place where God has placed us. And today I'm asking our church, church, this is the word that God wants us to use and understand. The make ourselves available during this season. Make ourselves available that I am a good Samaritan. God sees my life. I need to be a good child of the living God. Don't treat people poorly. Don't treat mistreat them. Be on their side let's look to the lord in prayer let's look to the lord in prayer heavenly father i want to thank you so much you're wonderful there is nobody like you father god as as our families have listened to today's word i pray god this word will bless them be with them strengthen them guide them prosper them in everything that they do oh lord i pray that you will go with them you will be on their side oh lord father god even when they don't have enough resources i pray that you will strengthen them oh lord your spirit will enable them oh lord as they make every move to make themselves available for your kingdom i pray god that you will use them mightily i pray over every single one of them thank you for your grace thank you for anointing 
Father God, as our um, worship team comes back again and, and leads us in that powerful time of praise and worship, I pray, God, that you will strengthen them, you will be with them, and you will anoint each one of them, oh Lord. Thank you for the time that we get to spend in God's presence. Father God, as our families around, oh Lord, are tuning into this moment of praise and worship, I pray, God, that you will sustain, you will bless, you will help them, oh Lord. In life journey, you will be on their side. Help them to prosper, O oh Lord. Help them to come uh, victorious in their life, Jesus. Thank you for all you're doing. We celebrate your goodness. And in Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen.